Hey there. Welcome to the in-between. Um, we are without Paul this so we, week. So we can say whatever so we, we want about say his what, sermon. Yeah, we can say whatever we want. <laughs> no, um, I, he did a fantastic job, but if you if you listen to the sermon, if you haven't listened to the sermon, stop and go listen to the sermon. Because mm-hmm. um, the sermon from this past Sunday, uh, Paul got through a lot of Daniel 9, but he didn't get all the way through. <laughs> Was, and by the way, the answer is it was a joke. It was. I, a joke. I never intended for him to try to get through nine and one. Um, uh, no but way. he, uh, he, if you if you listen to the sermon, you know that he's been dealing with some allergy stuff, and his voice is almost completely gone. So instead of making him talk on a podcast for a little bit, we're we're giving him a little break so he can rest his voice and be ready to finish out nine this next Sunday because that's where we are. That's right. I'm excited um, about it. It's, it's, he's, and by the way, he was totally, he was right, or I guess uh, Alistair Begg is right. Nine is, Roman, uh, Romans nine. Daniel, Romans nine is hard too. Uh, <laughs> Daniel nine is is a tough passage, no doubt. For sure. I mean, I would never tell Alistair Begg to his face that he was not right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wouldn't want to put that on the record anywhere. Wow. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, it's um, intense for sure. Um, but I think, I mean, Paul is handling it very well, mm-hmm. and I'm very grateful um, for him and what he's talking about. He's he definitely had a few few punches um, this uh, this Sunday that I was sitting at home and I felt him on the couch at home. Wow! All the way through the screen. All the way through the. You sure that wasn't just Cade? Through the screen. It might have been <laughs> Cade. He 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 tends to just. I mean, you know those those kids that they can't hug you. They have to. They have to injure you somehow yes. when they when they hug you. Yes. And you know he, I know some men like that too. <laughs> I'm not gonna ask for names. Um Kirk Atchison. Oh, okay. There you go. <laughs> Hi Kirk. I, 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 hope you, I hope you're listening to this. <laughs> I, be, I believe that wholeheartedly. Um <laughs> oh man. Um but yeah, uh it he Paul is doing a great job. Um and he's I can't wait to hear what he's gonna say about um, this vision at the end of um, Daniel nine and all the sevens, um, but let's talk a little bit about uh, one, uh, a couple of the. I, I want to talk about prayer too, but let's let's start with yep. talking about confession, um, which was one one of the quotes that Paul used um, on this sermon. What who 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 said it? Okay, so Herman Veldkamp, who I haven't got to look up to see exactly who that is. Mm-hmm. But there's a longer quote, but the last part of the quote says, The church is the only body on earth that confesses sin. Where the confession of sins dies out, the church is no longer church. Man. That's that's pretty potent. I mean, it's that's that's a very direct statement. Yeah, oh yeah. About I mean, what that's, we that's definitely a line in the sand. Um, I will say in our in our uh worship services, I feel like I I allude to confession mm-hmm. a lot, um, but I don't like I don't work that in as something that we do many Sundays, um, and that's that was that was a that was a tough thing to hear mm-hmm. um, because I don't I don't want to I don't ever assume that what we do on Sundays is all that anybody ever does, right? Um, especially not in their lives in Great, worship. That's not true. That's, that 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 needs. By the way. That is not the case, or that doesn't need to be the case. And there, right. there's that's n- that's not the Christian life, right? Um, that's 
going to an event on Sundays if that's all you're doing. Um, but anyway, uh, there is that there is that conviction at least inside of me that I'm not <laughs> I'm not uh, leading us to that. Sorry, there's a bird outside our window that he wants in. feels feels like he can make it through the window if he just tries hard <laughs> enough. Gonna get a longer running go now. This before he hits it this time. That's sorry, not to be distracted. Squirrel, squirrel, bird. Okay, so back to uh, confession conversation. Anyway, it's it's just it's one of those things that like we're 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 probably gonna mention confessing our sins on Sunday. Just mm-hmm. just getting, giving everybody a heads up. It's interesting. I was glad because as soon as Paul read that quote, and and he's he's referencing, of course, the fact that Daniel yeah. starts his prayer. With confession. With this, I mean, most of the prayer is confession. And I love that Paul points out, this is Daniel confessing, of yeah. whom we have no listed sins. Right. Like, we don't have a place where it's like, oh, and then Daniel betrayed his best friend and slept with slept his best with his friend's wife. wife and oh, my gosh. Et cetera, et cetera. You know, had he murdered. And, like, we don't, have, we don't have him, you know, denying God three times, in or, you know, before he gets killed, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. We have none of those major falls, and yet Daniel is pouring out himself you know, all of his we statements about how we have sinned is really intriguing. He doesn't divide himself out from that. He embraces that that's part of who he is. And and so I, it's weird. My feeling is that we have a sin that, I mean, sin with that too, but we have a church that has a culture of confessing sin, but we don't have a tradition of confessing sin. It's like we don't have a pattern or a program for it. Yeah. But I, we all talk very openly about being flawed sinful failed imperfect vessels like yeah for sure i i think that we we know that we sin we know that we're um we're without righteousness on our own we we have to have jesus christ um but we it it doesn't that that doesn't that doesn't feel like confession to me no um i i i know that in my own life i'm i'm confessing sin um, but part of what I fear and part of what is um, so prevalent um, in in Scripture, especially in the Old Testament, is this um, understanding of uh, we as a community. You know, in, in America, we're very indi- individualistic. Right. Uh, we're, I mean, radically individualistic now after social media. Right. Um and 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 everything about us is based on us and not our not us based on the i i mean it's the it's the takeover of the ego um for sure and if if i focus on myself like that right hopefully um i can dig into myself and and realize the incredible sin nature that is in there and warring against the spirit. Um, but you can also get some pretty serious justification going on for right. all of your bad choices. Um, and I think, I think we, we have to, we have to learn how to actually confess, how to actually talk about yeah. our sin and, um, with with other people with too, other people because i th- i think 
I, I remember either hearing a quote or hearing somebody talk about like, hey, confessing your sins to somebody else face to face is different than just sitting in your closet talking to God. Mm-hmm. And because I'm like, oh, man, that was convicting to me because I'm like, oh, well, it's, it's a lot easier for me because I'm for me just sitting talking to God because I, I don't necessarily see a response or right. hear something right in the moment is from what you were saying, though, like the culture of us confessing, maybe not having a tradition, is that mainly like a, a Western church thing? Or is that kind of like, because no. I know like Some Catholics have like confession. Is is there any like Protestant tradition similar really. to that or no? Other than, I mean, other than what you just described. I mean, what I would call yeah. friendship. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> so there's there's even the Catholic tradition. Groups. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That that for all their all the potential negatives, one of the positives is it gives people a chance to confess their sins to each other. And that's and those don't cancel each other out. I mean, we are mm-hmm. we are told, you know, First John one nine talks about us confessing, and confess just means agree. That's all it really means is to agree with God on this. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that I agree with God that this is sin, but which is you talk about fighting against the uh, radical autonomy, like whether I think it's sin or not, you think it is, so I submit to your definition of sin, not mine. Right. And and that's. Tough. That's something that the world does not get at all anymore. Who who is God to tell us what is sin for us? Mm. Especially if it's something we want to do, if it's something we prefer uh, or, it, or or want or I, I just really my heart is is telling me that this is good. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Well, then it must be right. Yeah. Because, and that's that's the that's the big step of confession that I think as an individual local church mm-hmm. we. We do well. We agree with God, and we all admit and agree with God that we need God. We confess our need. We confess our sin. But that's different from confessing, in a weird way, like that's different from confessing your sins. Yeah. And and James is the one who's, who famously said, like, you know, John talks about how we're faithful and just to confess sins. If we will for confess them, he is faithful and just to forgive them when we, like that. But And? And Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Super important. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we live in a state of cleansed mm-hmm. before God, which also gives us the freedom to admit, "Well, I, I blew it. I blow it. I have these errors." Yeah, we got to we got to get to that point. I don't right. think anybody, uh, anybody, most people that I know don't live in that point. Of which one? Of, of oh, living of freedom. Oh yeah, living in the freedom of being made pure. Uh, of knowing that. Yeah, actually admitting that I did this wrong is is freedom giving. Is Absolutely. Not, is not... Uh, Man, there's a couple in the church right now who has reached this point in their marriage where they've, yeah. they've had all kinds of hidden junk for years, and they're now openly talking about it with each other, with their life group, and I mean, you can... I see the freedom in their eyes. I mean, it is it is so different a world they live in right now. Lord willing, he'll protect them from ever going back there, but it, it is... Wild. As a therapist, you can imagine. I experience this all the time, the change in people when they confess what's going on. There's a weird sense, and that's not an appropriate thing, but that we've, in the evangelical world, we have a place where we confess our sins. It's with our therapist, and that's not always healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's certainly not sufficient, um, and that's not... That's why what I don't like about the Catholic tradition of confession is that there, there's all this hiddenness about it. 
It's all secretive. It's it's all individual and it's all secretive. And I'm ta- confessing to a priest, and and there's no risk. There's no social risk to me at all. And I don't know. That's one of the challenges. I don't know. Like I've been at seminary. I was when I was at Southwestern. There was a what was called a revival. Um, Kirk Atchison just texted me. Call me in a second. I know it's not because I referenced him on the podcast because we've not we're not recorded live it yet. yet. We're not live. <laughs> we're not live. <laughs> Man, that he would be it. awesome. He just knows it. So it's I like feel your, it in my soul. Are so your like, ears burning? Is that like, hey, the difference between confession and then confession that leads to repentance kind of a thing? I don't, I or? don't even know. Like, so the James passage, which is so good, um, therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of the righteous person has great power in working. Like James seems to be indicating that part of sickness is the need for confession. And that that would make sense. I totally agree. I mean, we'd we'd carry all that junk around with us, and then stress and everything else. I mean, mm-hmm. dad gum. That's a. But I don't. I just don't. So at seminary, we had a day that kind of broke out on its own where a, a speaker opened up the mic for people to confess sins. And for about four or five straight hours, seminary students would show up and walk up on mic and confess sins. And it ended up being a little bit of a train wreck in some different ways. But there was something beautiful and powerful about it. At the same time, I, I don't know that that's what's being called for in James. I, I really feel like friendships are the right context for confessing sins with with leaders in the church with people who we trust i don't, I don't i'm not afraid of confessing sins on mic in front of everybody else hey, in you've fact, done that before in, yeah in the room in the room full of people i'm probably the most free to do that in a lot of ways because yeah. i've not hidden that but but i don't know that that's I, I really would encourage like i want this to be a part of our church that people have a place where they can confess their sins to one another and uh, I think I think life groups are the right situation for that. I think friendships are the right situation for that. But it just it's just an, I, it struck me that even if we just had a time of it within within some services where we made a point of saying, and I think we do, especially when we do communion. Yeah. But but maybe to teach for a second on confession and say no no really seriously. No, I I it's not it, I I don't think that it has to be like a long thing um but i think that i think that i'm going to i i know that from from the sermon on sunday one of my takeaways is that i am going to um try to lead us in confession more yeah. often and not um not necessarily you know like you said me standing up there and confessing everything to everybody um um but being deliberate about confession of sins um inside of part of what we're doing in worship right sins yeah not sin um not not being general with god about Could just read a list anything, and like but... raise your hand if this is you <laughs> put your hand down if this one doesn't apply to you yeah turn, turn and on your and uh, i don't cell think phone flashlight <laughs> i i think that this would be a great teaching point for us um that that uh as as part of this also that we would we would remind people that confessing you know in our in our spheres of life together, yeah, um, in our groups, in our small groups, and stuff like that, that we are 
free to do that and it breeds freedom for us to do that. Right. Um, and that's important. So, um, I think, I think both, both are really important. I think confessing our sins to God and confessing our sins to our brothers so that they may pray for us. Right. So that they can, um, help us, you know, sure with accountability, but also with just being that support. Right. Because every time we sin, we're, we're, we're searching for something that God's supposed to provide. Right. We're, we're, we're trying to. And typically has provided. Oh, absolutely. If not universally, I'm, I'm, I'm hesitant to say always has provided because it may be a little bit of a not yet, but the truth is it may be that he always has provided it. No, he's, I think he's always provided. There's, there's always a way out. That's true. And that's for sure. Um, and it, it, it may not, you know, it, so many times the the temptation comes because it's not what we want. It's not the way out that we want. It's not the the thing that we have decided is the best. But it's he's not not provided. Yeah, you know, he's never he has never not provided. Right. That's not what he does. Um. I just, um, mm, That is true. There are times he lets us go without things that we. Want. want or think we want absolutely but, but that's not that's not the provision that i'm talking about yeah i get I'm, it I, he's not he's not here to stroke your ego he's not here to make your flesh feel good right he's in fact he's he's all about sacrificing that and but even his put, good gifts nailing for it to us, a cross absolutely but even his good gifts for us he doesn't promise to give everyone all the good gifts that he gives everyone no not everyone gets a spouse who wants one not everyone gets children who want them not everybody gets like yeah. So in that, that's what I meant when I, and, and of course we're going to be saying the same thing here, but the, yeah. that is the, Oh, it's super important to break it apart. I'm not, yeah. I'm not saying that I think we're saying the same thing too, I'm but sure we, we should, are. we should talk about this. <laughs> yeah. It, it, the passage you were referencing, by the way, the first Corinthians, uh, seven, Wait, yeah. is it six, no, I don't 10, know. 10, 12, therefore Lord have mercy. Wait a minute. I've got the I've got it open in front of me. I just couldn't see the chapter heading. Therefore, let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed, lest he fall. No temptation oh, yeah. has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will always provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. So, certainly, what God has provided is sufficient. We mm-hmm. are not. Nece- it is not necessary for us to seek out provision in any other way. Yeah. I mean, I think if if you liken it to God giving us food, right? We we as Americans tend to say things like I need steak. <laughs> right? You know, like and 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 if you if you're like I've never said that in my life, understand that I'm this is a metaphor. Right. Um we we don't need steak. Yeah. If we actually need something, God provides it. And but as Christians, all we actually need is Him. him. We and don't even need to live on we earth. We don't even right. need to live on earth. And that's like that's that's a hard thing for us to like come to grips with. But when you get there, there is again freedom. Right. And understanding like I don't I don't actually have to eat today. Don't have to. I don't have to. I don't have to survive persecution. I don't persecution. have to survive persecution for right. God to be good. That's right. For him to have provided for me because he provided Jesus Christ. And when you realize that, 
Then you realize steak is a gift. Oh man. And relationships Such are an gift. amazing gift. And when, <laughs> and when he allows you to put like the goat cheese with it, mm, I'm telling medium, you. Medium, medium rare. Little, little medium, yep. uh, medium rare action with the, with the goat cheese and God is good. Taste, taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, he is good. <laughs> that is so good. But it does help you appreciate. You get to appreciate all these good things that he's given when yeah. you recognize these gifts are there. And you're right. We do tend to focus on whatever thing we want, even good thing that we want, that he has not provided yet. And we feel justified in taking it on our own. Yeah. And this is, the again, the, where the cliche comes from about uh, worshiping the gift instead of the giver. Yeah, there you go. Um, all uh, Anything like that that you've heard, like that's... Um, that's a lot of, of that in there, which I think really easily, um, uh, moves into prayer at least, um, in my, um, understanding of it, because, um, I, I, I fear, I don't know exactly how to say this, but I fear that we, um, I can't remember exactly what Paul said in the sermon, but there was there was something um, along the lines of uh, that we are um, uh, we we don't see prayer appropriately um, that we um, that we see prayer as as um, not not the work. Mm-hmm. Um, we see it as a. I don't know. Preparation for the work. Preparation at for the best. work at best. And yep. it's, it's, it and, is the work. And the other part too of, um, Paul was just saying like, you know, I, I, I'm quick to go to God when it's like, oh, well clearly I can't do this. Yeah. Right. Exactly. But it's like in the moments where, no, I got this. Then it's, I'm not, I'm not beckoned to go and like, yep. yeah, don't feel urged. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a lie we tell ourselves for sure. Because I got this. I don't, right. I don't, I don't need God. I don't need to bother God with this. And that's, that's not, that's not the relationship yeah. at all. And it's not the, um, man, it drives me crazy when my kids think they got it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you. Don't run away. Like I, I yeah. know you think you know what's going on. You have no idea. Or when we're walking somewhere and my kids run in front of me and then start to yeah, tail off in one direction. Like, we're not going. I don't know where you're going, but that's not where we're going. Yep. Um, and and if you don't live your life actually, um, as he says, abiding in yep. him, um, living inside of that uh, conversation that should be happening – so I, the the phrase like pray without ceasing used to be um the the command pray without ceasing used to be so intimidating to me because I was like I can't be spending my whole life with my <laughs> eyes closed and my head bowed like that's yeah, exactly that seems like that's what prayer is that seems like that's going to be ridiculous I'm like no this is this is if you didn't know if if like when I pray on Sundays and I have my eyes open and you've seen that because you also had your eyes open yeah. Um, if that weirds you out, I need I need to free you from that. Like that's having your eyes closed and your head bowed. If that helps you um, in a moment focus on what's happening and what you need to be doing, 
absolutely that's what you need to do. Right. Um, but you need to understand that you've got to learn how to pray with your eyes open. Yeah, otherwise you can't pray without ceasing. Yeah. You got to learn how to pray. You got to learn how to pray in the in in every moment in the middle of a conversation with your wife. Yeah, that's a good time to pray. That's a great time to pray. And to, to confess. And, and to confess all <laughs> kinds of sins. I have no idea. Like All of a sudden, I'm, I'm confessing to God in the middle of a conversation <laughs> with my wife, and then it starts coming out of my mouth. Yep. <laughs> that'll, that'll get you. That, that'll, that'll turn that argument around really fast when she's like, wait, what? I realized, I realized not just, just recently what most offends me in relationships with other people when they don't involve me, especially early on, when they don't let me dream with them, when they don't mm-hmm. let me whatever. Like, as I was sitting and being, you know, sad or whatever about that, realizing that's what offends me about people's relationship, in other people's relationship with me, that must be just crazy offensive about to God about and, and hypocritical that I do that to him all the time. All I don't I the don't time. go to him first. I don't pray first. I don't no. think of him first. I don't I don't involve him in the earliest stages of anything, which I'm 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 not telling you that's okay. Like that is that's it is ridiculous. What a what a ridiculously stupid mindset. But but recognizing so now I've realized I have to confess not only my negligence of God mm-hmm. or my Neglect of God, excuse me, my neglect right. of God, my negligence about God, um, but also my hypocrisy for being frustrated when other people do something with me that I do constantly with him, like Paul was saying. Yeah. God forbid I put him in a situation to give me tragedy before I will go to him. Oh, my goodness. That just seems that seems unwise. Yeah. So then from that, where does the kind of prayer as the work, can you unpack that? I wish I bit? could. Um, so the way that I see, uh, see it is, is that, um, if you can, if you can picture it almost like I just said it, like you got to learn to pray with your eyes open. If you've got to, if, if you can start seeing prayer as the opening of your eyes, um, as this conversation is actually what is going to give us wisdom and direction and all of those things, like all all of our senses actually being tied up in prayer. Like we, we cannot function the way that we're supposed to function without understanding, uh, where our true wisdom and direction and everything needs to come from. And so it's not, it's not just like that you, um, you know, you, close your eyes physically and open your eyes spiritually and get the information that you need and then close your eyes spiritually and open your eyes physically and go to work. Like that's, that's silly. So it's the, it's that like the continuous nature, it's the abiding in Christ yes. that you're talking about. Yeah. That's like, what I'm talking about. Okay. Um, and, and that is like with, without that connection, we're, we're not, we're not actually working. We're, we're the, we're the, the child, you know, doing everything else. Yeah. You know, it's like it, it, you know, when you, your kid is playing in the mud and you're like, I feel like that's an actual quote is the prayer is not 
the preparation for the work, but the prayer is the work. No, it definitely I've is. Got to find that, but the one John Wesley has one Colson that really every time I read it, it just it strikes me in that there are people who have a relationship with God that I I just when you said earlier, can you unpack that? And I'm like, I don't I don't know that I can. One of Wesley's quotes is, and I just jumped in there and started talking. That's right. Speaking of wisdom, <laughs> <laughs> but it was good. The, I heard about the umbilical cord driving. That's what I heard. Was oh, the, my gosh. The drive, the, anyway, but um, <laughs> I here's the quote from Wesley. I have so much to do that I spend several hours in prayer before I'm able to do it. That, that concept of saying, I have so much to do, I better spend hours in prayer. That I just, that, and, and I don't doubt that that was Wesley's, that I was true for him. Yeah. And so... I just I'm like what what would it be like to have my to have to look at my calendar and go oh my gosh, I mean I have no margin I have no room I'm never going to get all this done so I better spend the next three hours in prayer, like that's a that's a fascinating life, it would be one that I would I would love to grow into. So Daniel's an example. When I talked to my dad about, um, when I talked to my dad about uh, how he prepares for a sermon. Mm-hmm. He would talk about how he needs to spend hours, and I mean, like, he may have said four hours um, in silence before he can hear, you know, what God is saying to him, before he can hear it. The The idea that, that God is speaking to us in a still, small voice, and if we're not being quiet, then we can't hear it. Like there, there's, there's an understanding of like what, whatever it's going to take for you to get your, as Paul said on Sunday, face turned towards God. Like that's, that's incredibly important and see the, see your face being turned to God as the, um, how you are going to do whatever is in front of you that seems so insurmountable. Oswald Chambers. Prayer does not fit us for the greater work. Prayer is the greater work. Thanks, Oswald.